welcome to episode 101. That is going to take some getting used to of Half Point for Podcast. I'm your host, Evan Riggs, joined as always by my co-host, Dalton Willie, and producer, Johnny Pham. We've got a fun show on deck today, guys. We'll look back at the conference championship games, one very bad game, one very good game, and then do a little bit of uh, looking ahead and forecasting. We'll give our first uh, first shot at some top 12 ranks. Uh, please, God, nobody hold us to these ranks. They will definitely change uh, between now and when it's really time, but we'll give our first crack. Dalton, how are you doing tonight? Oh, I'm doing stellar. We are back in the Super Bowl, so can't do much worse. Like yes. I told you guys earlier, though, yes, the, the three of us are back in the Super Bowl. Feels yes. great. Feels well, great. We really, almost we, we really put, City, we so. really put a lot of of heart into that one. Um, I did drink a lot of beers <laughs> and a lot of shots to get us to where we are at right now, which is the I, Super Bowl. I did threaten to try and punch a brick wall if something happened or did not happen during the game. I don't even remember what like what I was saying it in reference to. There were so many pressure-packed moments. I, it, it could be literally 50 different things that, that caused me to say that. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was quite it was a okay game. <laughs> All right, well, let's start just with the conference championship games, guys. And we'll start with the NFC. Really not much to say, probably – on the game as a whole. I mean, Brock Purdy gets hurt on the second series. The Eagles probably luck out a little bit on the first series with the touchdown, obviously the, the catch that wasn't a catch uh, with Devontae Smith. They get up and snap it quick. It is, I believe, Eagles 31, Niners 7. This one was never in doubt after Josh Johnson got hurt. And obviously Brock Purdy gets hurt second drive. And I guess I came into this podcast thinking Brock Purdy – is having surgery and is out for six months. Now, as of this recording on Wednesday night, we at least have word that he's going to get a second opinion, it sounds like. So I guess kind of still TBD there. But I think the big question, fantasy-wise, coming out of this game with the 49ers is who is our starting quarterback in in September 2023? And we can probably, I think, Cross Tom Brady off, who announced his <laughs> retirement this morning uh, for the second and what kind of seems like probably the final time. But but Dalton, who who is the Niners starting quarterback if you had to bet? And what I should have done and what I will try to do now is see if I can find uh, any lines for that. Johnny, you can look as well while Dalton gives his thoughts. I think Trey Lance still gets the first shot at it because he – has the draft capital. We know how the NFL works with draft capital. I think one or two bad games, and we can see the Purdy hype train already rolling around. If there are two starting losses, I mean, this team's going to be largely the same on paper going into next offseason. It's probably getting close to their window closing as mm-hmm. far as some of those contracts they like and that they are able to afford. Um, so I think Trey Lance gets the start. It's going to be tough for Brock Purdy. It looks like he's not going to be there for the, the OTAs. And so he's probably going to have to put up a really good fight in minicamp. And I mean, an August start date looks like his time. He's going to be available. So I think if, if he Lance, does end up having the, yes. the surgery, like was initially reported. Yeah. So my money's on Trey Lance, um, mostly because of the draft capital. I've, I found some of the odds. If you're still searching, Evan. Yeah. Give it to me because like uh, I'm looking on DraftKings and all I can find the Super Bowl stuff right now, which is pissing me off. Trey Lance is the favorite at plus 125. Yeah, even the favorite's not, not, <laughs> not negative. Brock Purdy plus 200. Uh, Tom Brady was plus 400. And then Aaron Rodgers slash other is plus 1,000. So I, I wondered if Rodgers was at least on the board. It does seem like there is momentum uh with Rodgers and the Jets but we'll we'll save that for if that actually happens I still think it's Lance too I I think it's funny one one thing we hear a lot of or have heard a lot of is if it like when we thought it was probably it was we were leaning Purdy it's like well they can just trade Trey Lance and like get get good value and yada yada it's like they can easily keep both that like both those guys are extremely cheap. I think the Niners probably want to have multiple good quarterbacks on their roster after the absolute scarring experience they just went through 
And well, it even I, worked out with Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, I know he got injured, but yeah. when Trey Lance went down, everybody was like, yeah, this is a good thing they kept Jimmy Garoppolo for because he was able to come in and keep their offense humming. Yeah, and it does. It, we we did pretty much get confirmation today that Garoppolo will not be around next season. So I think, and it's telling, he's not even listed on, on yeah. that that Johnny right off. So I think you can cross that one off. I do agree that I think Lance is going to get the first crack at it because even with as well as Purdy played, we've kind of gone through some of the game by game stuff in the playoffs where it's like, yeah, he's been pretty good, but he hasn't been like undeniable. It hasn't been unbelievable. Like Brock Purdy is like, we're not getting the next Tom Brady. Like we're not, we weren't truly getting that level of play from Brock Purdy in this playoff run when he was healthy. And I mean, whoever, if it's one of those two guys or somebody else, like that is a lot to trust one of these young quarterbacks with with this roster next year because this is a Super Bowl roster. They are loaded. I mean, you, you look at the game the other day, they were still very much in that game basically until Josh Johnson dropped the snap before the first, right before halftime. It was 14-7. They had just picked up a first down. You think, okay, maybe they're going to go down and – kick a field goal, maybe they'll get in the end zone, they get the ball out of halftime, and then boom, it's just over like that, and he gets hurt in the third quarter. Like, this roster is unbelievable, built to compete to win a Super Bowl. I know Purdy performed very admirably, was was even good for, for large stretches, but the Niners traded everything they did for Trey Lance for a reason, and I have to think if he's healthy. He is still the guy that gets the first crack because we we only saw him play a couple of games this year, and one of them was in Chicago in just unplayable conditions practically. So it's like we just still don't know if Trey Lance is good. What we do know is he has the high he gives this team the highest upside uh between those two. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Trey Lance definitely the player we think is going to be the best. I mean, even in the playoffs, we saw Brock Purdy wasn't necessarily elite. Like, he gave the, the Cowboys in a game that they should have lost by a lot more a real chance of staying in there. I think he only threw for 199 yards mm-hmm. against the Cowboys in the playoff game. Um, so that's why I think Trey Lance gets the first shot at it. Uh, and, I mean, those legs he has are probably the real differentiating factor. It's not going to be too hard for him to make some of those throws Purdy was making. Look, th- this isn't going to happen. This This is like a very... I'm playing Madden in my head type of thing. But it would make sense for both sides based on where they're at right now for the Niners to trade Trey Lance plus something for Lamar Jackson. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. That would be so cool. I'm just saying. If I were the Niners, like, if I were playing Madden running that team, that's what I would do. <laughs> but, but this is not Madden. Johnny, are, are you in on Lance or do you think Purdy – earned uh earned first shot next season no i think uh, i'm in on lance too and then um i don't know if you guys saw the interview by i think i don't know when it when shanahan did this but like a reporter asked him he's like is jimmy garoppolo in your guys's future plans and he, he just straight up just said no yeah yeah he said nope nope uh no but i'm i'm a believer in trey i, I we didn't even get to see like a full game i i feel like brock did exactly what he had to do to be a either starter in the league or slash backup for 15 plus years in the league. Like that's what he proved to do. You're saying his destiny is Chase Daniel. Could be. Ryan's Fitzpatrick. Exactly. (laughs) Could be. be. And that, that that's definitely a great outcome for the last pick of the draft. No (laughs) doubt about it. Uh, Over to the AFC. I'll, I'll give all of us a chance if we want to say anything more about the game first, before we get into the the kind of long-term fantasy question I have out of that one. It was Chiefs 23, Bengals 20, a extremely hard-fought, depending on where you look, controversial game that, that ends in the Chiefs ultimately beating the Bengals and going to the Super Bowl. I mean, Dalton, any any lasting thoughts out of that game uh, for, for either side? I mean... It was two really great teams playing football, and that's what the final score showed. And it was a tight game through and through for the Bengals, the Chiefs. But, man, 
should the rest of the NFL be a little scared of Kansas City? I know. I next few years. What I can't keep what I can't get out of my head is how many rookies the Chiefs started this season and specifically in that game and specifically because Legarius Snead gets hurt on like the fourth offensive play of the game or, or something like that and is is out is out for the game. I know Boyd got hurt, but the Bengals are probably on paper more well equipped to deal with Boyd getting hurt. Like it made things harder for them. It made it easier for the Chiefs just to double Burrow or double Burrow, double Chase and Higgins. But it was all rookies in that secondary. Um, at least in not all rookies, but it was four rookies in that secondary. And it was two rookies who made an interception and another rookie who tipped the ball that was an interception on on the second one. And that's well, McDuffie even... should have had a pick in like the first drive. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the first drive. Um, and then like Pacheco has 15 touches for 85 yards plays, plays a great game. I, I think if you're looking for a long-term takeaway for the chiefs is that you're starting to feel more and more confident in Pacheco being the lead guy again next season. Now we won't know for sure until after the NFL draft, because the chiefs could take, a you know a, a guy that we like in in the mid rounds like in the fourth or fifth round and that guy could depending on how good he is come in and be the McKinnon role or come in and push Pacheco to a little bit more of a secondary role we don't know yet but you have to be feeling better about Pacheco now than you did even a month ago heading into next season and yeah it's just Mahomes on one leg rookies all over the place the Bengals I know they're missed offensive linemen but it's not going to get any easier for them. And the chiefs are only going, I know the Bengals have a chance to bring in more talent too, but the chiefs have the seventh most snaps by rookies in the NFL this season. Like that team is going to keep getting better. Yeah. Well, then you had Mahomes throwing to one guy who's an all-star tight end MVS, who was third wide receiver on the team. And then two players in Sky Moore and Marcus Kemp, who played the majority of their career this year on special teams. Marcus Kemp had like 20 more tackles and receptions, I think, going into that game for his career. Uh, for what it's worth, for a solid 10 minutes uh, watching the game on Sunday, in my inebriated state, I kept yelling, <laughs> Sean Kemp. And I couldn't <laughs> figure out why I knew it wasn't Sean Kemp until I was like, well, we are not in Seattle and we are not playing basketball. I had a buddy text me, uh, sent me a tweet the other day that I thought was hilarious. It was like... Uh, once uh, Sky Moore and Marcus Kemp are gone, then Mahomes is really going to be exposed. <laughs> <laughs> well, Noah Gray still on the roster. Yeah, true. Noah Gray, uh, Johnny. Any any lasting thoughts uh, from this game? Yeah, um, I was just messing with odds on on the bookie account, and it was like Marcus Kemp over zero and a half receiving <laughs> yards was plus two thousand. And then under zero and a half yards is minus 20,000. So it's just the fact that he even played the game is just the book just had no idea. I took literally three injuries plus Justin Watson not dressing because he was sick. Yep. Just players making plays and the Chiefs just came out on top. And I'm just happy to be a Chiefs fan. Patrick Mahomes reaching 18 miles per hour on on that last yeah. scramble is just incredible. He didn't scramble the whole game, and then when he had to, he he somehow found the gear that nobody with a high ankle sprain what should he, have. He, he had a comment this year where he, he said that his 40 wasn't that good. His, but his, like, his 40 time is faster than whoever's chasing him. Yeah, it was, I was like, anyone <laughs> was chasing him except outside from the side. But <laughs> I was like, 18 is pretty good for that bum of an ankle too. Yeah, yeah. I think it was like during a mic'd up, he he joked that he just needs someone chasing him during his 40, basically. He needed to rerun that thing. But yeah, and, uh, you know, tough loss for the Bengals. They are obviously very young, very talented on offense they'll be back but one guy that i'm not totally sure will be back maybe he will maybe he won't is joe mixon and Cincy. i thought it'd be worth having a a conversation about mixon before we moved on from this game looking back at this game he played less than half the snaps and it was actually i think that the exact number was 43 to 23 in favor of samaj p ryan now i don't want to throw that number out without any context like i know people are doing uh, Name on, names on Twitter is, right now. Is he a uh, part of a certain podcast that establishes things? Perhaps, perhaps. Like 
yeah, it's not great that he got out snapped by 20. What I will say is that everybody, it's not shocking in a game where the O-line can't block and the Bengals are having to like have extra guys stay in and block that the pass protecting back is playing it more snaps. So there is that. But still, if Mixon was being a true difference maker in other facets, he would have played more. But it was eight carries for 19 yards, three receptions for for 15 yards. And they really could have used him to be a threat on the ground to to help that pass rush kind of have to focus on the run or the threat of the run a little bit more. Now, what I will say, the week before against Buffalo, it was 20 carries for 105 yards and scored a touchdown. So it was a better game the week before for Mixon. But I think a lot of people started to kind of catch on to the fact, either leading up to the Chiefs game or during the Chiefs game, that like that Bills team just had kind of had it by the end of the year that their defense was banged up. They had been through just a lot as a team. Obviously that goes without saying. So they just, they just didn't have it against the Bengals. And now we've got Joe Mixon who's 26. He's going to be 27 as we enter next season turns 27 in July. Dalton, what do you think the future from a fantasy and obviously real life perspective holds for, for Joe Mixon? Um, well, and when I was looking at this and whether or not he returns to Cincinnati, <clears throat> did you know Samaje Piran is as old as he is? I mean, they were teammates at Oklahoma. Yeah. Piran is 27 years old as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're both but, free agents, right? Piran's also a free agent. Piran's a free agent. Joe Mixon is not a free agent. No, Mixon's not a free agent. Yeah. Um, the situation with Mixon is the Bengals are getting closer and closer to the, the situation any team with a great quarterback gets into, which is – they have to pay soon. And I think Mixon, his dead cap this year, if he's cut, is like a million dollars. Is very low this year. If, um, if he's a post-June 1 cut, they have $2.7 million in dead money on the books in 23 and 24, but they saved $10 million against the cap yeah. this season. So, like, that jumps off the page as, like, flashing red lights. This guy is a very clear cut candidate, yep. and obviously – he didn't play well enough on their last game to make anybody think that shouldn't be on the table. Like I know just in perusing Twitter, Bengals analysts and fans are kind of heading that direction of they think that's what the Bengals should do. Well, and when you look at this free agent class, I mean, them bringing back P. Ryan makes a lot of sense uh, in the absence of Joe Mixon. It was really easy for him to perform probably better than Mixon did all season. Um, obviously, the matchups change how that happens, but the free agent class is so stacked that they're likely going to walk out with somebody of equal skill or close to of Joe Mixon that they're going to be paying substantially less for. Like at the or top, they could, just, got- or they could just draft a guy. I mean, look yeah. on the other side. It was Pacheco, a seventh round pick who who had 85 yards and was the best running back in the game by a mile. Yep. So it, it we we say it all the time. Running back doesn't matter. We we love for fantasy when our guys get paid. We love that. We love that for dynasty. But in real life. It's usually not a great decision unless it's Christian McCaffrey, unless it's you know, Saquon Barkley coming up, unless you're that guy. It's usually it doesn't work out for the full duration of the contract. Yeah. Well, and a guy that I would love to see get a shot at a starting job in the NFL, it's a free agent, is Dearness Johnson. Performed really well in his limited time in Cleveland. Yeah. Stays up north. Stays in Cincinnati. I think that'd be a great signing for the Bengals. And I just think it makes too much sense for them to cut their boy, Joe Mixon. There's no point in keeping him at this point. He costs too much money and they're getting tighter on that window. Johnny. Yeah. Mixon didn't impress me at all with the last game to where it's not like it was like a similar to a contract year, but it was kind of like a contract performance in the playoffs and he didn't really kind of stand out to want me if I were the Bengals organization to like re-sign him but I I think he'll probably get cut and I feel like whenever that does happen most people on Twitter are going to be surprised of like a big name being cut and not understand why so I will say to give a, a little bit of credence to the thought that he could be back in Cincinnati next year he could very well just renegotiate his contract, take a pay cut, and be back. We, we just saw Frank Clark do that with Kansas City this year. Now, is it possible, even through a re- renegotiation, 
they're still paying him more than you want to pay a running back of his caliber at this point. Yeah. So it's possible even that's on the table for them. For him, I mean, there was just a, a story on Cincinnati.com last week leading up to this game that he said he wanted to finish his career in Cincinnati. Now, just because the guy says that doesn't mean it's going to happen, but he at least has said that's what he wants. We'll see if financially both sides can come to to an agreement where that makes sense. But what you worry about with Mixon, we talked about it last week with the or two weeks whenever we talked about the disappointments for this season. Uh, 25% of his points came in one game this year, fantasy wise. He was pretty up and down. It was against pretty, me. Yes, against Dalton. That's been well, well established at this point. Um, he, he was up and down, and his ups outside of the one game were not nearly the, the highs that we're used to out of Mixon. We didn't get the consistent stud performances. He has over 1,300 rushes, over 1,500 touches. I mentioned Melvin Gordon before the season when when we were talking about guys that lead the NFL or close to it and total career touches. I don't have that number in front of me, but my guess is you've got Melvin Gordon, you have Ezekiel Elliott, and Joe Mixon is probably up there with Derrick Henry and the rest of those guys as well. Like he he's starting to to put up uh, to, to really pad those numbers, and that's obviously makes you a little nervous when you've seen the performance drop off. I'm no expert as to like what the numbers mean. Like how can you tell a running back is dropping off? What I will say was one thing I looked at Mixon because when you look at just the raw numbers, like the efficiency, he's not that much different than last year other than he scored more touchdowns last year and just played more games. But this season, he only had 28 evaded tackles per player profile. 1.9 1.9 per game as 49th among running backs last season. He had 76 evaded tackles and 4.8 per game last year. His breakaway run rate was 4.5%. It was 21st in the league among running backs this year, 2.8% 47th in the league among running backs. So he just that elusiveness that we became so accustomed to with Mixon just wasn't there. And he kind of, to me, looks like he's settling a little bit more into that Zeke role of he's still a good player. He's still useful. He can still gain the tough yards, but he just, he doesn't have that, that same burst that, that he used to have. And that would concern me. And that to me would make him a sell in dynasty. If I had him right now. Yeah. Sell him right after he was kicked out of the playoffs. <laughs> All right, anything else on Mixon before we move? That's all I got for him. Not Uh, bright future for him. All right, real quick on these next two items, just because I feel like we have to to say something. Uh, It's the offseason for for 30 of the 32 teams here. Sean Payton to Denver for a first-round pick, uh, 29th overall. And was that a second-round pick? A first-round pick? And a second round pick. And I believe the Broncos are getting back like a third or a fourth round pick. Yeah, a fourth round pick. So the Broncos get their guy. So they will tell you right after Rappaport said that was actually not their guy. And it was uh, <laughs> it was uh, the guy D'Amico that the Ryan. Texans hired, D'Amico Ryans, who was actually their guy. Yeah, tough look for the Broncos if they failed to get their guy and then traded multiple picks for for Sean Payton, I think where I fall is in a vacuum. I think trading, basically, you can boil it down to Bradley Chubb and another pick uh, for Payton and a later pick. I think that is fine. But, and I understand somebody who tells me that they have to do this because they have to make Russell Wilson work. <laughs> but I also hear those same people, and I'm not saying they're wrong, but... I just feel differently, you know, right now. I see those same people say, well, that they're probably they're married to Sean Payton and not Russell Wilson. If you're not married to Russell Wilson, why do you have to go all in again and bring in a coach that you're hell bent on making Russell Wilson work? Like they clearly still think Russ can can make it work. And if he does, it'll work out better than I think. But he's in a division with Mahomes. 
in a division with Herbert in a conference with Joe Burrow for now, Lamar Jackson and Trevor Lawrence and potentially Bryce Young very soon. Like the AFC is just so stacked. The Broncos seem so far off that this feels like an all in move for a team that has no business going all in. Well, it's absurd for them to like treat their situation like they're all in when they won four games and it, they at times looked better when Russell Wilson wasn't in the lineup. And, and to, to be fair to them, they looked better down the stretch when uh, they no longer had the bad man, the terrible man, as as their coach, Nathaniel Hackett. He who must not be named. Oh, wait, he's the Jets offensive coordinator. So we'll have to talk about him again next season as well. Um, but, like, they still weren't – it wasn't like they went on a winning streak. They won one game at the end of the season, and it was like a Week 18 game. I don't remember who it was against. Well – and this really just locks them into some bad players. I mean, maybe Cortland Sutton has a better year next year. Maybe Jerry Judy has another level we haven't seen yet. But they can't really spend any more picks on their offense at this point. You're missing a first-round pick. You're losing a second-round pick. You're already lost this year's first-round pick, and you're trade to Russell Wilson along a bevy of other picks. Um, so, <laughs> yes. Like it, there's, it's really hard for them to get better. And part of the success of the Sean Payton years was that that organization drafted extremely well. Like Alvin Kamara was a third round pick. Uh, Two of their right ends were like fourth round picks. Michael Thomas was a later round pick. Like a lot of the success that they got was hitting really well in the draft. And obviously Drew Brees. And I just think they're trying to recreate something that's not there. I don't understand why the franchise didn't go out and get a first-year head coach and try to recreate what we saw in New York this year, which was somebody innovating in the NFL instead of going back to the well. I mean, this is like the fifth time the Broncos have hired somebody who's an old head at the NFL and hoping that they're going to fix their falling-apart franchise. What what I will say is I do think Peyton's a good coach. I I think he will make them better. Like It wouldn't surprise me if they can't turn it around to the tune of like competing for a playoff spot. But you're going all in to compete for a playoff spot. You were in the like, AFC. You Which... weren't. You, you weren't. Think about this. You really weren't that far away for competing for a playoff spot when Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater were your starting quarterbacks in in that one season. Like you won seven games, maybe a couple go a different direction, and then the year before that, they they like couldn't score and lost every game, like seventeen to fourteen, because. Their, their offense was terrible. They were not that far off from competing for a playoff spot. And that's kind of what we're talking about as their ceiling right now. I just, even if I do think it's going to make them better, they're they're going to improve. I'm sure even if they don't add guys to that offense, like Sean Payton will make Russell Wilson better. He will make Jerry Judy better. He'll make Cortland Sutton better. Having Tim Patrick back, help and obviously KJ Hamler still exists and is around uh for now too like I like Dolchich as well like they've got some guys but like to go all in hoping you get the six or seven seed kind of a tough scene when your quarterback is older than all of the other guys in his way and worse than all the other guys in his way Yep, and might have a worse supporting cast as their seasons go on. I mean, I don't know where they're going to invest their draft picks this year if they're just going to spot needs and try to replace them. But it, it's just a it's kind of sad to watch what the AFC West is doing, especially like in light of what the Chiefs are doing. They just can like they won't just die. Like at least for a while, the Jets were like, we're just going to have to suck for a couple of years. You know, they yeah. weren't overspending and overvaluing their players. The Bills were the same way. Um, but these teams in the AFC West, and I mean, the Chargers are still more well equipped to beat the Broncos out. And oh yeah, I don't know what the, know what the Raiders are going to do, but we'll see. Yeah, God, God only knows what the Raiders are going to do. All right, Tom Brady announced his retirement this morning. I touched on that earlier in the show, Dalton. I figured I would give you a chance as the Tom Brady fanboy of the group to profess your love um, one, one last I just, time. I, I'll, like, I'll say shout out Tom. and, and that's uh, The only team that has a winning record against Tom Brady is the Kansas City Chiefs. That's true. Football. If you don't include playoff games, which yes. was not included in the graphic I saw today. Yep. So. Uh, I don't really want to do this because he did this last year. And I, don't, I like he, he got his farewell from me. Like this year was a done year for me. 
It's, it's hilarious. Did you see the Patriots Twitter account just quote tweeted the tweet they put out last year oh, and, and just God. added like one word to it, basically? I should just go do that. I mean, it's like <laughs> the only thing, and I, I agree with this take on Twitter, the only thing that this might solidify is Aaron Rodgers probably sticks around the NFL for another year just so him and Tom Brady aren't in the same Hall of Fame induction <laughs> because that will be the Tom Brady induction and everybody else will be side characters to that so Aaron Rodgers stays another year maybe goes to the Jets who knows yeah and if if I were Rodgers I would want to have my post Green Bay chance at going to a ready-made team that that can really make some noise now is that the Jets and the AFC I'm I'm not so sure like the Jets have a good roster but the AFC is is just so stupid good like some of these guys need to start identifying NFC teams to, well, to try and and make better. And that's my bigger takeaway here. I mean, obviously the draft hasn't happened yet, but like the AFC is, or NFC. There was a graphic going here. around today of like all these great young quarterbacks and it's seven AFC quarterbacks. And then Jalen Hurts was the only NFC quarter, quarterback. on. I mean, on it's, it's pretty bad in the NFC. Like it's, the, the, so, like, someone said Jalen Hurts is a god amongst men in the NFC. <laughs> well, there's there's Kirk Cousins, Dak Prescott. I mean, Aaron Daniel Rodgers, Jones for now. Like, yeah, it, it is not a – It is. you don't a, get too far down the line before you say Justin Fields. Like, <laughs> I mean, well, if Derek Carr goes to the NFC, he's a top – he might be a top three quarterback. Yeah, know? like the entire NFC South, I have no clue who their quarterback is going yeah. to be next year. Literally that entire division. Except for Lawrence. Yeah, no, no, it, it, in, in NFC. Oh, NFC, yeah. Fal- well, Falcons, is it Desmond Ritter? Like, probably, that one's probably the most solidified. Carolina, I don't know. And, um, Tampa Bay, I don't know. The Saints, who knows? The Saints are probably, the Saints are Mason a low-key, the Saints are a low-key Aaron Rodgers uh, team now if they have that first-round pick. That, yeah. that That's my thoughts on that. John, you are going to say something? Well, uh, Jerry Jones came out today and said that um, they want Dak to uh, be their quarterback and their centerpiece for like another decade, like another ten years. Well, I no, learned last week. Out well, I, I learned last week that Dak is twenty nine, so I'm sure that will that will go great. Um, yeah, he also said he wants Zeke back. If we're talking NFC, I did. I did see that too. Um, you would think that maybe you'd want Kellen Moore, who helped Dak have his best year ever. To, to be around for that, but I guess the Cowboys had other plans, and that is how we'll transition into our way too early top 12 ranks. Let's start, Dalton, at the top, because I think with these, it, it matters less the order and really more like who we actually have in our top 12. The suspense to me is is who's left out more than who's number one. So I'll let you lead off. Who who is your number one guy as of right it's now? It's Justin Jefferson. See, I want like I made the thumbnail, so clearly I considered it. But let let's have that conversation because for me, I just can't I can't rank a receiver number one overall. I don't think it, it, like it, we're talking half point per reception, as is probably expected on the half point per podcast. I just can't not rank a running back number one. Yeah, the thing with me was, as I looked at the, who we'll probably talk about both these guys, the other two running backs who could potentially be one, which is CMC and Austin Eckler, um, maybe <laughs> you throw... You're going to laugh because I don't have either of those guys number one either. Uh, I mean, I don't know who you could throw in to that, like you've thrown in JT. Just, let, let, let's um, just get through this first. I looked. I just looked at who was behind him, and I was like, "Well, I think CMC his like high touch volume is probably dropping off. He's still going to be like an amazing fantasy player, but I don't think he has like this forty point pop off as likely." And I mean, I, I'm still not bought in with Eckler doing another year of this. And then my other concern is that getting rid of Lombardi in Sandy or in Los Angeles is going to result yeah. in a lot less of these like weird check down touchdown plays for Eckler. Yeah, well, and, and specifically for, for... Kellen Moore. The the Cowboys have been near the top in. Yeah like air yards per attempt and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And we've kind of talked about how Eckler's great, but I think part of the re- part of the way you can tell their offense is broken is how many checkdowns he gets with, with Herbert as the quarterback that, that should not be yeah. how you want to run your offense, but to Jefferson, I, 
I found this in an athletic article from before the 2022 season. So this is 2018 to 2021. If you take a wide receiver over a running back in in the second and third round, you should get 40 more points per like you should expect 40 more points per pick. Like this guy went through, did all the math from the last couple of years, and that was about what it averaged. And you have a 24.4% chance of, you know, quote unquote, hitting it big, which he just basically qualified that. So he, he put like a point total. And it's like, if this guy crossed this, then he had a, he was a boom, basically. You have a 25% chance almost at receiver, 16% chance at running back. And your bust rate is about 20% land, less taking receivers in the second and third round the last couple of years and running backs, which that'll surprise nobody because we, we've talked about that a lot, how you can trust those receivers more than those running backs pretty much year in, year out. And that's why it's hard. Like at number one, I'm not picking again until 24 in a 12 team league. I just really feel like I've got to get a running back. And I, I traveled back in time uh, to 2019 where I was debating Saquon Barkley or Christian McCaffrey. And I just stuck Saquon at number one for right now. I assume he's going to be back in New York. If he's not, that could change the calculus. But, I mean, Saquon's awesome. He was every bit that guy until he got kind of banged up. But it wasn't like he got banged up and then never played well again. Like, he was unbelievable in that playoff game against Minnesota. I know Minnesota's a bad defense, but Saquon's awesome. And to me, like, you can argue about three or four different guys, number one. There's no clear-cut number one right now like there was with with, – Jonathan Taylor heading into last season. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be an interesting dynamic all offseason on who goes. Part of the concern with Saquon for me is now he's getting up to 26, 27, I believe. He'll be at the end of the season. It's interesting because um, all, but same all, with Eckler, yeah. all of these running backs, basically, or most of them at least, depending on you know, what, what your ranks are in this first round, they are all – in that that age range where you start getting a little nervous and we we are going to see a changing of the guard at some point but I, it's just a product that like that was a 2018 draft class just ridiculous with with running back so yeah I, i'm with you on the age concern so i have saquon one you have justin jefferson i have christian mccaffrey too i'm assuming you have mccaffrey like somewhere in that neighborhood probably i have mccaffrey too so okay I have Justin Jefferson number three, so not that far off. He's one of the the three guys I considered for number one. Obviously, like the dude started off great, had the one or two bad games. People kind of freaked out, and then he was just a god for like the rest of the season. Basically, the only thing you kind of worry about with him is, well, maybe Kirk Cousins is it back, but Kirk Cousins is probably back. Like it, it, I, I like Kirk Cousins is pretty likely to be their quarterback next year yeah well if they can add any talent around him maybe the bracket coverage gets off a little bit yeah obviously had a horrible year yeah Thielen dropped off and you know I like KJ Osborne I think he's a fine role player but he's a smaller guy like a slot specialist He, he can't provide that that real true number two threat to the coverage like Thielen could so maybe they draft another guy to to come in there and add add some weaponry to that offense. And obviously Hawkinson being there a whole year will, will maybe help a little bit in that regard. So who was your number three? My number three was Jamar Chase. Okay. So I had Chase six, but to me, one through six was all very, like very. Are we going to do the thing where neither of us put Eckler in top six? Uh, Just (laughs) there's no shot. We're doing this right. Well, we'll we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Uh, I have Jonathan Taylor four. I thought about him for number one, but. It's kind of one of those things, kind of like with Christian McCaffrey last year, where it's like, this guy just hurt everybody so bad. It's so hard to look like that big idiot again and just prop him right back up number one. But, like, he's got – he will probably have right up there with Saquon the best workload in the NFL next season. Even if the situation is far from ideal, it should be – it can't be any worse, I don't think than it just was this season. It should be a little bit better. Hopefully the guy himself is just healthier. Like I think he'll he'll be in for a big year. And he he, he could very easily be a guy that that stink moves him down to the mid to late first round and he's a he's a big value next yeah, year. Yeah, which is a steal IMO. Uh, well then six 
we're doing this where we don't put Eckler in the top six. Uh, I, I I put Cooper Cup. Okay, so wait. Or five, I'm sorry. You have Cup five. So I yeah. this is a real um, real flip for us. Where do you have Travis Kelsey in your ranks? Eight. I have Kelsey five. I, I did not think I'd be the higher of uh, on Kelsey. Yeah, I mean, just with what we saw from Cup. I mean, this year, he, he was a wide receiver 23 at half point scoring. And he, he played was. nine games. Yeah, oh, Cooper, Cooper Cup, Cup. Cooper Cup, yeah. Which is absurd. So yeah. I, I, I'm keeping him up there. Um, that's the only thing. I had Cap Kelsey in my top t- 12. Um, I just I, – I have Cup 7. So, like, I, yeah. I have Chase – I have Kelsey 5, Chase 6, and Cooper Cup 7. So, the, so very, very much in the – Part of my leaving Kelsey out is I do anticipate the Chiefs getting someone, whether it's, like, Michael Thomas or somebody in the draft who's going to start – to get those targets. And I'm not saying Kelsey's going to fall off a cliff, but he, he did set a career high in targets this year. And like, you can only do that for so long at 30, you know, in 32. Yeah. But you know, those, those elite tight ends, like think about how long Tony Gonzalez was, was good. Tony Gonzalez was good when he was 38, like putting up thousand yard seasons when, yeah. when he was 38. So Kelsey. Yeah. The age thing is a concern, but I, I think you're going to have two very different. You're going to have, two polar opposites going on with Kelsey. You're going to have the people that put him up in the top two or three, because he literally just gave you the biggest positional advantage of all time this this season. And frankly, like that is how you win in fantasy football leagues. You have the positional advantage at, at different spots. And then you fill in your, the rest of your roster. And, and that's just, that that's just kind of the best way to do it. And Kelsey gives you that chance. And then you're going to have people that are going to say, well, he's 33, going to be 34 next season at some point. He, he's going to fall off a cliff. It's like, well, you're talking about the all-time receiving tight end. Yeah. I don't think it's going to happen that quickly. If we, The first time we see evidence of that, you can drop him. But I think even if they bring in more guys in this post-Tyreek Hill world, Kelsey's just going to be an even more of an animal than we were used to in some of those other years for fantasy. Well, it's also just some of the best chemistry among a quarterback and a pass catcher we've seen in the NFL. Like they get each other so well, obviously that they called the play that won the bills game last playoffs. Like mm-hmm. they're just so in sync that you're getting those first check down looks that you want with an elite quarterback and their pass catcher. And then, I mean, he, he was a top six wide receiver at his position as well. So the positional advantage truly insane. I mean, he had over a hundred more points than Mark Andrews, who was tight end three. Yeah. Okay. So I have cup seven. Uh, what do you have? Derrick Henry is he in your top 12. No. So Derrick Henry's my eight. Okay. I- can you, can you say I had spicy guys I wanted to get in at the back, and you're like, "Hey, guess what? I am just going to make you talk about Austin Eckler." I, you're the one that keeps. I have not. I've yet to say Eckler's name a single time. Yes, he's in my. Well, he's in the top twelve. I mean, yeah, that's fine. But I mean, Derek, if, if you're going to have Eckler in the top, how do you not have Derek Henry? The, the guy's been arguably, if you look over the last three years, it's Derek Henry and who else? Like who's been better the last three years, and kind kind of like with Kelsey, until you see the drop off start to happen. Like yes, the underlying metrics. I know, Dalton. I know. I know. Well, I know that this team is going to like. You have to a little of pro- prognosticating when you're looking at your top twelve, and the Titans are the like a prime blow the whole franchise up candidate and start over. Like they they got rid of their GM mid season. Ryan Tannehill may be back, may not be back. They have nobody at pass catcher. They their offensive line. Taylor Lewan said on his podcast, he's yeah, he's not. Cut. Yeah, he's he's not. He he's yeah. getting cut. <laughs> like I I think this that's the guy really... looking at Spo Track and looking at his, at his salary and saying, "Yep, they're gonna cut yeah. me." <laughs> he's getting cut. Uh, Derrick Henry. I don't know what his cap hit. Probably never going to get cut because he is such no. A he's too good. Piece. He's too good. But th- like they're going to be a team that's going to be like look like a three and thirteen team on paper to start the season if they. They really blow it up. Yeah, but, you know, they'll still have Derrick Henry, and they'll still have the head coach, who's proven he is pretty damn good at what he does. So I just think we have to keep ranking Derrick Henry in the top 12 until Derrick Henry gives us reason to to not do so. So I have Henry eight at 8. Who do you have 8? At 8, I have Austin Eckler. I have Eckler 12. 
Eckler got my courtesy 12 spot. And, you know, I'm going to, I'm, I'll admit it. Like Travis Kelsey called the Cincy marriage jabroni. Austin Eckler could very well do the same to me if he wanted to. Like, I, I've been very wrong on Eckler. You were wrong on him this year. I've been wrong on him both years, but you're, we've already touched on it this pod. I, I have some concerns with just how that offense is going to look. Uh, it should look better. Does that benefit him because he's benefited so much from an insane usage in the passing game? Yeah. Um, he's strictly here because I feel like you just I have, have to, to do it. Yeah, you, you can't not have him in yeah. your top 12. You just can't. So, nine, uh, I have Tyreek Hill. I have Tyreek Hill, 11. Okay. Who do you have, nine? I have Nick Chubb, nine. I didn't rank Nick Chubb in my top 12. This is under the assumption, which I, I think Hunt doesn't come a, back. A and pretty safe assumption. I don't even care if they throw the ball to him. It's just, even if, you know, even if they, if it's Kareem Hunt's gone, and Darren Johnson, even if he's gone, and like it's Jerome Ford, Nick Chubb, and and somebody else, I think Chubb will hopefully just get more carries, and hopefully, hopefully that offense is just better next season. Deshaun Watson with a whole year, a whole off season, I think we're gonna get some pretty serious Nick Chubb hype if that backfield turns out a certain way, and if Watson looks good in the preseason next year. You like, I could be convinced. If those things happen, it like in August, I could be convinced to move Chubb up into that top five or six group. Uh, I will not rank him in the first round out of sheer concern that they're never going to give him the usage we want, and he's going to have to be an efficiency god. Well, he is just like the best running back in the NFL still, so I it, it could it could be done. It can it can definitely be done. So ten, Stefan Diggs. Yes, Diggs is my 10 as well. It's 11 and 12 where I got really spicy. Okay, so I have Tyree Kill and Austin Eckler at my 11 and 12. So I've given all of my guys. My 11 is Brees Hall. Okay. Timeout. Weren't you the one when we did the Dynasty conversation who was giving the doom and gloom Brees Hall? Yeah, we haven't seen the the guy hasn't played. We've got no rehab updates, no nothing. Nope. The the Jets just mm-hmm. hired Nathaniel Hackett as the offensive coordinator. What has changed yeah. to put Brees Hall all of a sudden uh, from being two years away from being a top twelve running back to being a top twelve overall player? I I just looked at his numbers. I just looked at his season again, and I was like, wow, this guy was actually insane. Um, if we get good health updates on Brees Hall, like he could very easily end up in my top 12. But it's just, it, it's tough right now because we just, we see it time and time again with guys coming back from ACL. That's just, they're just not fully back. Well, and I'm surprised. I, I, we see it. I understand it. He's young enough. I just really feel like if he does come back, it's going to be a like a home run kind of hit. Because if you extend the season he was having, he's like, Oh yeah, the RB one. Yeah, um, I mean, if you extend the season he was having, he's basically probably rookie Saquon Barkley. But yeah. Saquon Barkley also struggled to come back from from yeah. an ACL. So I, I just have worries. And even if they get Rodgers, I I have big time worries with the guy who is now calling their plays. That that's just throwing another wrench in, in, into things. I know Brees Hall is awesome, and Nathaniel Hackett's not going to be what derails Brees Hall. Ultimately, it will be health. Yeah, well, I don't know. Um, shotgun runs the one-yard line. <laughs> Could ruin Brees Hall. Um, well, I guess my 12 is uh, a guy who didn't even play this year. It'd be John Robinson. Oh, so we're ranking rookies. Okay. okay. Oh, well, you, you, they're going to be in the God, NFL. Yeah, you can. Oh. I mean, you can be the fantasy hipster to throw a guy you've never seen play except for when he played Kansas and Kansas State. In, in your top 12. Yeah, well, he's a very good player. So I I got to do it. Um, you we, don't guys, even, so. we don't even know where he gets drafted, like nope. what team drafts him. Nope. Well, already, I mean, like I get, three guys for you, Saquon, didn't even – we don't even know where he's going to play football. We have a better idea. Is he going to play football? Do we even know if Saquon's <laughs> going to play football next year? We don't. I think we have a better idea we that he's going to be back with the Giants than who – like <laughs> it could literally be any team in the entire league. And we also have never seen him play in the NFL. So, like, we, we think he's good. We we think he's awesome. Like, 
I'm sure he probably is, but I can't believe you didn't rank your boy Josh Jacobs. He's like my first guy out. And part of that is we talked about we don't know what in the world the Raiders are going to do. I don't know if he's going to be back with the Raiders. Now that Tom Brady is seemingly off the table, it's like, okay, what are the Raiders going to do at quarterback next season? Like, are they going to try and get in the Aaron Rodgers thing? Like, I, I don't know. Like, maybe they just franchise tag Jake Jacobs and bring him back. Or maybe he signs elsewhere. I just need to see where he ends up before I feel good about ranking him in the top 12. Yeah. I mean, some other notable names we've missed who I had considered CeeDee Lamb, Devontae Adams, mm-hmm. A.J. Brown, all guys. That Devontae Adams is a guy that if they get a real quarterback, he'll immediately be in my top 12. Yeah, except McDaniels really might frustrate me and scare me off of it. Like, there, yeah, I mean, but he game... basically he was good enough that he he basically. Oh was no, I don't disagree. Injury. It's just like, would I rather have AJ Brown or Devontae Adams this year? Probably AJ Brown, even if they get a quarterback, just because I like. There's a game where he got zero targets. You're like, what are you doing? Um, yeah, I mean, let me pull up the fantasy finishes here. I actually I have it pretty handy. Like Devontae Adams was the wide receiver too, so. Again, he's just kind of for me being left off because I have no idea what his team is doing at quarterback this season. And that that matters uh, a great deal. Matters a great deal. Anybody else we missed off the list? I thought for sure you were going to rank Kenneth Walker because I think you sent somebody else's top 12 and were annoyed that Kenneth Walker wasn't on it at some point in the last like month or so. Like I weeks. wanted to, and then I couldn't decide what was going to happen to that team at quarterback. And I just want to wait until like if like even if Gino comes back, I still don't even feel too great about it. Um, so I just didn't want to go forward with it uh, on an accounting. I, I literally had his game log pulled up just so I because I figured you were going to rank him <laughs> in the top twelve because like I thought about him, but and I, like I love Kenneth Walker. He's he's really good, but I'm not saying he's going to beat DeAndre Swift. But yes. I kind of learned when you my preface le- something saying I'm not saying that means you think that when he when he I kind of learned my lesson a little bit with wanting to to make the leap with a young talented running back in in DeAndre Swift ranking him I think 12th heading into the season like Walker was good what Walker finished I don't know what he finished on the season oh my god oh, I'm, I'm looking at weeks 10 through 16 I was like Jared McKinnon finished that high. Uh, Kenneth Walker is the RB 16 and that's in 15 games. And he obviously wasn't the starter for for some of those games. Like he's going to be good. He's going to be a good player for fantasy, but and we're talking about the first round. So that that's a high standard. Number one, number two, you know, he had a couple of huge games weeks, seven and nine specifically. He was close to 30, but after that weeks, 10 through, I have weeks 10 through 16, Right here, you want to guess where Kenneth Walker ranked weeks 10 through 16 among running backs? Where he was the RB 33 in those weeks, and he averaged he missed a game, but he averaged 10.3 points per game. So, like, he averaged less points than Deontay Foreman, less points than Rashad White, than you know, Jonathan Taylor, who everyone thinks is, is garbage now, averaged about three points more than him. It's like, I love Kenneth Walker. I think he's going to be good. I think it's just it's just a real fantasy hipster move trying to to beat the market to to rank this guy the highest basically to put him in the first round right now. I just I need to see more and more consistency out of him before I truly feel great about that. Who is your off-season dark horse who could enter the top 12? Well, since I did not rank Bijan in my top 12, he would definitely be one, but off-season dark horse. I mean, I don't know. I I guess, like, Tony Pollard is one that we didn't rank and is a guy who should probably be at least considered. If Zeke is elsewhere or if Tony Pollard is elsewhere, maybe. But I kind of think what's going to happen and you can say if you feel otherwise, I think if Pollard ends up on his own team, he's going to get way too overrated for, for my taste. Like it wouldn't shock me if we kind of found out that not that he shouldn't have been getting more carries in Dallas, but that 
maybe he does need a second guy to take a lot of that between the tackles work and he can to, to truly be like that explosive Tony Pollard that we've all come to to really know and love. Like, yeah, maybe some more goal line touchdowns would be nice. Maybe, you know, more of a 70-30 would be nice. But it's at least good to have Zeke do the hard stuff for him sometimes. And if he ends up – like. If he ends up on his own team, he's going to end up being a top six overall pick by a lot of people. And I'm just not, I, I just know that's going to happen. And I'm not going to go there with him. Yeah. I think there are two other guys people could get cute with uh, Ramondre Stevenson yeah. and Travis Etienne. I bet they're going to be two guys that uh, some people are going to get cute and put in their top 12. And I, I obviously, I'm not a believer in them being top 12 picks. I think they're good. But mm-hmm. those are another two guys I think we could see sneaking into there. Um, well, we've, we've I, mentioned we've mentioned all running backs as far as dark horses. Like, there's a lot of great receivers left. Like AJ Brown, not really a dark horse because nothing will change for him likely between now and then. But AJ Brown, a guy that could have easily been yeah. in the top twelve. Like, you know, going down the list here, C. Lamb, you mentioned Jalen Waddle. Maybe, you know, God forbid, if, if Tua is not the quarterback, if Tua is not playing football, and they upgrade. At quarterback, maybe Waddle gets a slight boost. Like I think you're gonna have Amon Ross St. Brown boosters that are gonna have him hovering around that top twelve. We'll see what Detroit does. Are there any other receivers that like I, I don't think Olave or Garrett Wilson, no matter what the quarterbacks like, maybe if Rodgers goes, because New York still has other guys, like maybe if Rodgers went to the Saints and their receiver room looked largely the same minus Michael Thomas. We will get the Olave is great. And also who else is there? And maybe it'll be right. I don't know. But like maybe Olave is a dark horse depending on what the quarterback situation shapes up to be. Yeah. Well, in the same vein, it could be Garrett Wilson. Yeah. If he goes to the Jets. Um, Interesting player who didn't have a stellar season, but wasn't incredibly disappointing. Uh, I mean, Dalvin Cook, who's been like a mainstay of the top 12. Didn't yeah. make any. It didn't even make dark horse conversation. RB yeah, it, this year, it, it just kind of feels like we're on the the wrong end with yeah. with Dalvin Cook. I I don't. I ha, I have to do a little bit more looking to to see if I feel like it's kind of the same as Mixon, but I don't know. He just can't seem to stay fully. He's always he's got injuries that he carries through him through every se- through every season and. I don't know. It it just wasn't a great ride with Dalvin Cook this season, and it don't expect it to get better as he ages. Okay, last fun one. What about box score filler, Najee Harris? Nah. He's there every snap. Yeah, I I don't think. I I know I know Najee will be a highly ranked guy, but anybody who watches the games and sees Jalen Warren run and sees Najee Harris, it's like sometimes you'd rather have the other guy in there. Sometimes you'd rather have Jalen Warren in there than the Najee. I just don't think Najee – I think he's just fine. Like, I, I don't think he's uh, a great player. A guy – he's not going to get considered for first round, but a guy that I I can already tell you if the situation stays the same is going to be a flag player for me next year. <laughs> and, and that's, J, that, that's J.K. Dobbins. I just feel like J.K. Dobbins is – is still pretty underrated. And I think people are overlooking how good he was to end the season. I know he's always got the volume concerns and the ceiling and stuff like that in Baltimore, but that dude's just freaking good. That dude, like he, we talk about how good since he is, he was almost the driving force in beating Cincinnati with Tyler Huntley as his quarterback in the playoffs. And very well could have been if they did what he wanted them to do and give him the ball inside the, the two yard line. And now they have an offensive coordinator. So maybe he'll get the ball more. I don't know, but Dobbins will be a guy that I think I'll be very in on. And I just think people are probably going to underrate him because he only was awesome for a couple of games and he never truly got his pre knee burst back even by the end of the season. And hopefully that's back next year. Yeah, no, I agree with you on that as well. Um, I don't think he will be, but I think some people might say, well, Pickett takes a year forward. This offense gets things figured out a little more. There's more red zone opportunity. I don't think that will be the case, but I can see that argument getting made this offseason. 
Yeah, well, and the last guy is a dark horse that we're going to both hate because we've addressed it already, is if Miles Sanders is back in Philly and the backfield looks the same, he's going to get some some first-round buzz, probably early second, but maybe late first, depending on how. Like th- There's just so many unknowns with the running backs, with the free agent class and the draft class, that there's going to be guys who, who who lose big-time value. So who who knows who some of those other guys are that are going to get get the hype if they end up in a certain spot. But well, what yeah, about Swift without Williams? I just I just can't do it again with Swift, man. I know some people are going to, I just can't. Like I, I he'll, he's a useful player. Like he's probably he's going to be a fourth round pick, a third round pick. And I still just am not going to want to do it. <laughs> he he lost when he when it was clear he lost the trust of his coaches, he lost the trust of me <laughs> this year like I, I think that that should be a pretty easy line of logic for people to follow with, with him until they see it otherwise on the field consistently yep anything else Dalton before we hop out of here that's all I got all righty that is going to do it for episode 101 of the half point per podcast give us a follow on twitter instagram and tiktok at half point per pod Tell us how dumb we are for our Derrick Henry or Austin Eckler or Kenneth Walker takes, whatever the case may be. Subscribe to the YouTube link to all of those things will be in the show notes as always. And as always, the show is available anywhere you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Apple, all that good stuff. Leave us a five-star review. Follow us uh, on those platforms as well. And we will be back with a Super Bowl preview, big time Super Bowl preview next week. 